you are tuned into uh, uh, Truth It in the AM. Uh, be prepared for some uh, craziness. Let's go. Hey, what's poppin'? Today is uh, Wednesday, Thursday. Wow, I, I mix my days up. My, I, you know, I get it together. Today is Thursday, October 5th, 2017. Thank you for tuning in and uh, logging on. And welcome to Truth It in the AM. It is your boy Truth It here to address any and all things when it's time to and it's time to. Yes, we are here. Never fear, we are in the building. Uh, a lot of stuff we need to talk about today. We need to talk about George Zimmerman. George Zimmerman is homeless and in debt. Couldn't have happened to a better person. Today's show we're going to have to call uh, Couldn't Happen to a Better Person Day because the stuff that's going on with some of these people uh, I am, I cannot say that I am disappointed that are happening to them. A, a, a paramedic in Sterling, Massachusetts let go due to calling uh, black people porch monkeys on social media. She did. And now she is out of the job. Uh, can't say I feel bad for her either. Uh, we got a, lo- a little bit of follow-up on the uh, Las Vegas shooter. Listen, I am tired, dog-tired talking about the Las Vegas shooting as well. Uh, definitely don't want to talk about the NFL anymore, but we're going to have to, unfortunately, cover a couple of those things today uh, as Wizzell. So, uh, let's start off with... What story are we going to start off with? Uh, there's a growing number of women who are cheating on their husbands. Yes. I uh, read a report that 40% of women questioned has admitted to cheating on their husbands. Uh, as, As shameful as that is. If my wife ever cheated on me, first off, let me explain something. Uh, <laughs> before I get myself into trouble, my wife gets written up. Yes. I feel, <laughs> I feel as though if you, you men out there and, and some women too, because you know, there are some men out there running around the town acting uh, not manly. Uh, if you are uh, in a relationship, you should first off 
before that relationship starts, you should make your uh, significant other fill out an application. They should fill out an application because you should know if the uh, type of person that you're going to be in a relationship with. You should know what type of person. Listen, there was just a story that we did a, a couple of days ago about a woman who left to take her brother to work and left her boyfriend alone with the kids. He ended up killing one kid and uh, molesting and trying to kill another kid. And then when the mother returned, he tried to kill her. And she did not know that he was a registered sex offender. I am dog serious. I am dead serious. When I say that you should fill out an app, you should have an application, a relationship application to have a, a potential suitor or a potential mate fill out before you get into a relationship with them. Uh, what are you doing? Where did you come from? Where, what, what types of things that uh, uh, have you been uh, what is your arrest record? What is your history? I will, you should, it costs money now, but you can still go and look up a person's past, uh, arrest record. And if they had, had been, uh, if this woman had done that, filled out in, uh, one of those searches of their, their arrest records or the, or their histories, criminal histories, just like a job application, you fill out that stuff, you fill that stuff out. And uh, you pay a little bit of money. It does cost some money, but not it isn't going to break the bank. And how much money is worth knowing that you are dating a sex offender or a crazy person? What if this man has assault and battery on women in his uh, history? You have to be careful with the type of people that you decide to get into a relationship with. So, yes, uh, I may be joking a little bit in this segment, a little bit. Yes, I will be. But you have to uh, make sure that you have a potential uh, application, uh, some way of doing a background check on the person that you will be dating. This woman uh, the, from the Las Vegas shooter, the person that he was dating, said she didn't know that he was capable of doing anything like this. Well, the man's father was on the FBI's most wanted list for robbing banks. That should be a red flag. Uh, some of this stuff is crazy, but some of the stuff is also hereditary. And if she would have known that he was that type of person when he had to, when he did what he did, then maybe she would not have been in a relationship with him and she wouldn't be under all this scrutiny and in all of this trouble now. Thank you. Thank you for agreeing with me, people. I try. But also, what that does is that uh, you can find out if a person has any kind of STDs. How many people have you been with before? <laughs> Listen, and as a woman, let me give you an advice. advice. Uh, if you have an STD or have had an STD, be upfront about it. Uh, men are so thirsty, they probably won't leave you anyway. But you should uh, at least let him know. Now, when he asks on the application, how many sexual partners have you had? You better not say over the number two. You better say two or under. That's it. I don't care if you were a former stripper and sleeping with people was part of your professions. If you was a call girl, an escort or a prostitute, you better not say you've had more than two partners, period. Uh, because it's never acceptable to a man if you've had three or more. Three or more. Two, one, it upsets him, but it's okay. Two, it's tough to deal with, but he'll get over that. Three or more, it's problematic. 
So uh, if you uh, slept with more than three people in your life, do not tell him. Keep that under wraps. However, do disclose if you had any uh, STDs before in your life. You don't want him to come up short and then uh, find out that he's gotten something that you may not have or may have gotten rid of. So there is uh, an importance to having an application, having someone fill out an application if you've been with them or not. Also, uh, number three. You should have, uh, you, you should, men, you should look at the application closely. If she has filled out her application and said that she's only been with two people, know that she is lying. And that means she's probably been with 10 or 12 people. And men, what you should do if she's been with 10 or 12 people is you should have her uh, give you the names and addresses of these people that she's been with. I don't care if it's a one night stand. You better find out where he is and where he lives. It better be a one night stand with some information coming along with it, tagged along with it, because now I want to do a background check on all of those men. Because if you were foolish enough to date a man who was a sex offender, how do I know what kind of baggage that you're coming with? How do I know that you didn't know that in the first place? How do I know that you're safe? Uh, men, never trust a woman who said that she's only been with two people or under. Uh, at, do so at your own risk. But uh, so the story is the changing reasons why women cheat on their husbands, because this number is growing. Uh, humans are now mostly monogamous, but this has been the norm for the past only 1000 years. Scientists at University College London believe that monogamy emerged so males could protect their infants from other males and ancestral groups who may kill them in order to mate with their mothers. This is in wildlife. Uh, this is in a uh, uh, lions. I know lions do this. Uh, a, a new male will come challenge the old lion, the old protector of the pride male. And as soon as he runs that old male off or kills that old male lion, the first thing he does is he goes and he kills the children. The children lions are the next ones that uh, lose their lives. And they do that. So they can start to mate with the mothers. The mothers do not want to mate when they have the children still hanging around. And that's in all life. That's in, in most life lives. I have a, a, a dog now who just had her second litter of puppies. Yeah, I know. She's a, she's a, she's a fast tail. She just had her second litter of puppies. And, uh, right now the, the father, my dog Spike, he's trying his best to try to get some from her, but she's not having it. She don't want nothing to do with that stuff. And that's how dogs are. That's how most wildlife are. Uh, but one of the more interesting facts in uh, Esther Perel's new book, State of Affairs, Rethinking Infidelity, comes near the beginning. And it says this, since 1990, notes the psychoanalyst and writer, the rate of married women who report they've been unfaithful has increased by 40%. Y'all fast tail women out there acting up. Be faithful. Uh, the rate among men has remained the same. Uh, so that means men have not been cheating. They have maintained their faithfulness. Uh, and they have not been uh, acting, you know, ridiculous about that. That's just how it is. Uh, they have not increased their infidelity. And let's be honest, men cheat because they're stupid. Men cheat 
because uh, they don't they are ignorant to the fact of being faithful because they don't think uh, clearly when it comes to the opposite sex. Women, however, are better at saying no to infidelity. So it is a very sad state of affairs when the infidelity in women has risen 40 percent. More women than ever are cheating. And while Peril spends much of her book examining the psychological meaning, motivation, and impact uh, of these affairs, she offers little insight into the significance of the rise itself. So what exactly is happening inside marriages to shift the numbers? What has changed about monogamy or family life in the past 27 years to account for the closing gap? And why have so many women begun to feel entitled to the kind of behavior long accepted, albeit disprovingly, it's like no one like no one's happy about it, but this has been accepted from males. Males have been the ones known to cheat, and it has been more widely accepted, of course, than women cheating. And I'll explain why. When men cheat, it's just for the act of sex most of the time, 99% of the time. Yes, there are some husbands who are, well, I'm going to leave my wife. Uh, you just give me a couple more months. I have to make sure things financially are set before I leave my wife, but I'm going to leave my wife for you. Yes, there are men that do that, but for the most part, it is for that one reason. It is for the nookie. That's why. It's harder. It's more difficult to accept when a woman cheats, though, because when women cheat and women are uh, infidels, as I'll call them, and they commit infidelity, it is because the women do this as a way of starting a new relationship. Women aren't more than likely to sleep with someone unless they have an emotional attachment to that man. Not as often as men. Yes, if a man has a six pack such as myself and my handsome self comes around women, there are some women who would, oh, I'd like to take a tango with that man. Sorry, ladies, I'm married. Bang. But there is, <laughs> bang. But there is, uh, for the most part, women need an emotional attachment when it comes to sleeping with men. The question first occurred to me, though, a few years ago when I began to wonder how many of my friends were actually faithful to their husbands. From a distance, they seemed happy enough or at least content like me. They were doing the family thing and had cute kids, mortgages, busy social lives, matching set of dishes. On the surface, their husbands were reasonable, the marriages modern and equitable. If these women friends were angry, unfulfilled, or resentful, they did not show it. Then one day, one of them confided in me. She'd been having two overlapping affairs over the course of of five years so this woman had oh i mean she had overlapping she wasn't just cheating with one dude there was at a time when she was married and she was cheating with two dudes at the same time and she had to it was like two months i was getting worn out i had to cut one of the three off uh almost before i finished processing this another friend told me she was uh 100 faithful to her husband except when she was at work uh or out of town for work each month not long after 
Another one told me while she'd never had sex with another man, she had so many emotional affairs and inappropriate email correspondences over the years that she had to buy a separate hard drive to store them all. This is true stuff. Women are cheating. Get a, you got to get that find my iPhone. Get a find my iPhone, get an ankle bracelet, get all that stuff on your women. You don't know how unfaithful they're being. But what surprised me the most about these conversations with these women, because, you know, I'm a, I'm a friendly guy. I, I have friends with, I, I'm, I'm a lot of friends with women, was that uh, my friends were cheating, but that many of them were so nonchalant. Uh, by the way, they described their extramarital affairs. Their deception was... It came with no shame. There was no shame that came along with it. Now, men, when we get caught, we feel stupid. We feel dumb. I don't know if it's necessarily shame, but we don't feel uh, it's not like we are happy that we are in trouble or that we're doing it. It's sometimes it's like I just can't stop thinking about other women. That's just what it is. I just wish I could be more faithful. Women, though, when they cheat, they're like smooth criminals. You've been caught by a smooth criminal. And that's just the way it is. Uh, Often they loved their husbands, but felt in some fundamental way that their needs, sexual, emotional, and psychological, were not being met inside the marriage. Some even wondered if their husbands knew about their infidelity, choosing to look away. The fact is, one of these friends told me, I'm nicer to my husband when I have something special going on that's just for me. That's one of the reasons why women cheat. It's like they are so into their kids, so into their husbands, so into being soccer moms, so into being all this stuff that they need something for themselves. And cheating becomes like a hobby. Don't hate me. It's the truth. It's just what happens. Uh, it, it, they are less resentful when they're having these affairs. They're less of a jerk when they're having these affairs. It occurred to me when I was listening to this woman describing infidelity, not as a transgression, but a creative distraction or a protest against an institution that they come to experience it as suffocating or oppressive. Their relationships, their marriages made them feel like they were trapped, trapped in a closet. Now they're stuck in the closet. The husband won't let them out. Their kids are real bad. They need to open their mouth and kiss another man because they're tired of what's going on in the home life. I need to have a conversation with my wife after the show is over. Uh, In an earlier generation, things like this, uh, women just knew how to, uh, or they would just deal with it more. Women, uh, would take these things the way they are and, uh, they would just learn to suck it up. It was the culture. The culture is more, but now we have more independent women. We have women doing more things for themselves. We have women that are out there, uh, taking control of their lives more. So maybe this is just the pushback from the chauvinistic generation that used to happen in the 50s, 60s, 70s. In the 70s, it was bad. Uh, 
This might have taken the form of separation or divorce, but now it seemed more and more women are unwilling to abandon their marriages and families they built over the years or decades. They were also unwilling to bear the stigma of a publicly open marriage or go through the effort of negotiating complex, such a complex arrangement. These women were turning to infidelity not as a way to explode a marriage, but as a way to stay in it. I guess that's the reason why a lot of men cheat too. Uh, they, they have needs that need to be met and they do it. Women now, I know some men will blame this on women becoming more and more independent. Not saying I would, but I would, but not saying it. Uh, you know, women, <laughs> women were able to, they learned to be able to, I mean, they didn't live, they learned, they fought to be able to vote. Now they're fighting for equal pay. Now they're fighting to live their lives just as men live them. And I guess with that comes with the needs that men come with. Now they know, now they know what it's like being a man dealing in the business world or dealing with the dealing with family and the work world and, and being exclusive that sometimes it's a little tougher than you thought and you need an avenue to escape. Uh, I would not suggest that this is the right thing to do, but it is what it is. The secret life of cheating wife is something that we all need to, uh, have and all need to discuss. 40 women were interviewed and they, and, and, and they participated in extramarital relationships through, Ashley Madison, a dating site. So some women are even looking online for relationships. This is amazing to me. AshleyMadison.com. Let me write that down. I got to. Okay. Let me I'm gonna make sure I keep AshleyMadison.com. Okay. Yeah. So that's what's going on with that. Uh, in closing, I would just like to say. Work to keep your relationship together. Find something else to do besides being uh, experiencing infidelity. Uh, we, we don't need to have broken marriages and broken homes rise, women, because you guys decide to cheat more. We already have men doing bad enough on their own. We don't need help from the women. Take a break. Be right back on Truth It in the AM. Are you a manufacturer, dealer, or distributor in the following industries? Agricultural equipment, material handling, construction machinery, power generation, commercial and retread tires, transport refrigeration, marine, heavy trucks, automobile, temperature control, utility vehicles, maintenance and repair, or something else? Then Curry Management is for you. Distribution analysis, dealerization, and dealer distributor development are the top three services provided to manufacturers. We at Curry Management provide this along with the best practices groups, profit improvement workshops, merger and acquisitions, business valuations, and leadership management development to dealers and distributors. Do you own a closely held private company? We at Curry Management provide business continuation services, succession planning, leadership development, and other staff-related management training. Curry Management pride themselves in always being ready to assist manufacturers, dealers, and distributors with today's business challenges. Help yourself. 
connect with Curry Management. www.currymanagement.com, 292 Lincoln Street in Worcester, 508-752-9229. Have you recently been in an accident? Did you back into another vehicle? Hit a shopping carriage in a parking lot? Or is your car in need of general repair? If your answer is yes, then ENC Auto Body is the place for you. ENC Auto Body is Worcester's premier auto body shop. We have collision specialists and licensed appraisers on site, and we make sure that you receive the best service you can find. Results are always amazing, and we take pride in making your experience with us at ENC as painless as possible. Drop your car off and rest easy knowing that your car is in the best care. But be forewarned, your car may come out looking better than it did before your unfortunate situation. ENC Auto Body, we're here if you need us. Located at 16 DeMarco Terrace in Worcester. Call us at 508-799-0014 and 774-329-7334. Serve weekdays for those who want to dine in is basil and spice lunch specials. For $11.95, you have your choice of garlic pork, lemongrass chicken, pad king chicken, or spicy tofu and vegetable. All lunch specials include a salad and tie rolls. Basil and spice lunch specials are available Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Stop by and try out the lunch specials. And we're back. This is your boy, Truth It Up, Truth It in the AM. Uh, please, somebody applaud that. Unfortunately, we're going to have to talk about the Las Vegas shooting again. Me, I understand. I don't want to talk about it either. Uh, but we have to talk about it. Um, police believe that the Las Vegas shooter must have had help at some point. Uh, bloodthirsty madman Stephen Paddock sprayed 200 rounds at a hotel security guard who amazingly dodged serious injury from a, that barrage of bullets, authorities said Wednesday. Mandal- the Mandalay Bay guard was feet away from cops when he spotted a 32nd uh, floor room door, slightly opened and approached, drawing fire from Paddock inside at 10.18 p.m. Sunday, uh, the Clark Sheriff reported, Just Joseph Lombardo. It's amazing that the security guard didn't sustain any additional injury. I don't know how he was able to dodge 200 rounds, 200 bullets, but he found a way to. Even after the guard and cops retreated, the wounded security man refused to leave the scene and kept going door to door with his master key to evacuate guests. His bravery was amazing because he remained with our officers and continued to help them clear rooms until our officer uh, demanded he seek medical attention. Police said they're still struggling to piece together Paddock's motive for carrying out the worst mass shooting in U.S. history, killing at least 58 people and injuring 489 on a Sunday night. Uh, Earlier estimates that he wounded a total of more than 500 
But officials said Wednesday that inflated number came from confusion and patients being accidentally counted twice in the hours following Sunday's night's mayhem. Lombardo called Paddock disturbed and dangerous, but stopped short of assigning a motive and also stopped short of calling him what he really is, and that is a terrorist. I don't know why the media, the law enforcement, and other people are afraid to call this man a terrorist. A terrorist is what exactly this man is. That's exactly what this man was. He was a terrorist. Uh, there was no suicide note found in the hotel, but there was a note found there. Uh, Stephen Paddock is a man who spent decades acquiring weapons and ammo and lived a secret life much of which will never be fully understood, Lombardo said. He meticulously planned the worst domestic attack in United States history. Clarks County top cop said he still believes Paddock must have had some help along the way. Because look at this. You look at the weapon, obtaining the different amounts of Tannerite explosives available. You Do you think this was all accomplished on his own? Absolutely not. Uh... He is a terrorist. The Texas says call him what he is. I agree. He is a terrorist. Um, but yes, when you, it's one thing to acquire weapons. I have a cousin who lives down south who has a, a, a lot of weapons, a lot of ammunition, a lot of things like that. But at the same time, if he were to start getting bombs and explosives and things like that, he didn't make them on his, he wouldn't have been able to make them on his own. Even if you Google things like that, the feds are supposed to find a way or know a way. If I Google how to uh, make a bomb on Google, the feds, the FBI is supposed to be alerted that I searched for a term for such a term. That's how serious it is because we are dealing. We are in an age of terrorism an age of terrorist attacks. And this terrorist went under the radar. You want to know why he went under the radar and was able to accomplish what he was accomplished? Because he was white. If he was black, if he was Muslim, if he was Spanish, they would have looked at him and they would have wondered what he was doing with a barrage of weapons. It's still uh, confusing to me how this man was able to get 18 assault rifles, almost 400 pounds of equipment and stuff to his hotel room and nobody looked to say, hmm? wonder what he's carrying. Of course, this was because he was white. If he was black, he wouldn't have been there. He wouldn't have gotten away with it. He wouldn't have got to the hotel room with 400 pounds of ammunition, bombs and everything else. Uh, we do have to look at the way that we look at suspects when it comes to dangerous things such as mass shootings, bombings and things like that everybody's an equal opportunist when it comes to terrorism and we need to uh remember that that's just how things are and that's how things are going to continue to be there's no way he accomplished this stuff on his own i agree you got to make the assumption that he had to have some help at some point Authorities revealed Wednesday night that they found 1,600 rounds of ammunition and 50 pounds of explosives in Paddock's car. 
Police also mapped out the most detailed timeline yet of Paddock's attack on concert goings at the Route 91 Harvard Harvest Festival. Paddock opened fire at 10.05 p.m. and squeezed off his last rounds at 10.15, 10 minutes of horror and people being hurt. Um, in between, the cops arrived on the 31st floor just below Paddock at 10.12 p.m. and got to the shooter's 32nd floor at 10.17 p.m., officials say. Cops and the wounded security guard kept clearing the 32nd floor as more police abashed around Paddock's room amassed around Paddock's room, taking their time because he was not firing yet. SWAT officers set off explosives to clear the way into Paddock's lair at 11.20 p.m. and found his lifeless body, though it wasn't clear when the madman took his own life. And you can find pictures of uh, his body laying on the floor and the guns and weapons that were found in his hotel room anywhere online. Um... Something has to be done to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Uh, terrorist attacks are happening around the world. Like in Paris, they're happening seemingly every other day. Uh, if it's not acid being thrown on people or bombs going off at rock concerts, at, uh, uh, at music pop stars concerts, then there's, uh, you know, shootings, mass shootings going on now. Terrorist attacks with hammers. It's uh, becoming a scary time, but... As someone posted on Facebook yesterday or the day before, this is not the first time that there's been a mass shooting. Uh, let's not act like the whole world is about to end just yet. I mean, and I'm not saying it's not. The Bible says no one knows the day or the hour, so I'm going to stick with that. But at the same time, let's not act like stuff that's happening now hasn't happened in the past or happened before because things have. Police finally got in touch with uh, his girlfriend and the girlfriend had no knowledge of his past life. Uh, Marilu Danley was sent away when this happened and she was sent to the Philippines where she is from. And the second she touched foot in America, the FBI was waiting for her to question her and they believed that she had no knowledge of what was going on. As a matter of fact, it was part of Paddock's plan to send her away. So there is that story. In other news, a teen in Slenderman case expected to take no jail plea deal. Um, one of two Wisconsin girls who stabbed a classmate to impress horror character Slenderman is due in court to finalize a plea deal aimed at sparing her prison time. So let me start from the beginning and let me bring this up. There is a man, uh, a comic book character called Slenderman. And Slenderman is a... a faceless semi-human monster who stands eight feet tall, has tentacles for arms, and he stalks and he eats small children. Uh, he's also known as the Slender Man. 
the uh, the character that originated as a creepy pasta internet meme created by something awful former forum user Eric Nudson, also known as Victor Surge, in 2009. It is a p- depicted as a thin, unnaturally tall man in a suit with a featureless head and face wearing a black suit. Stories of Slender Man commonly feature him stalking, abducting, or traumatizing people, particularly children. Slender Man is not confined to a single narrative, but appears in many disparate, disparate, disparate works of fiction, typically composed online. Fiction relating to the Slender Man encompasses many media, including literature, art, and video series, such as Marble Hornets. Outside of online fiction, the Slender Man has had an impact on popular culture, having been referenced in the video game Minecraft and generated video games of his own, such as Slender, The Eight Pages, and Slender, The Arrival. Beginning in 2014, a minor moral panic occurred over the Slender Man after readers of his fiction were connected to several violent acts, particularly a near-fatal stabbing of a 12-year-old girl in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Um, this reminds me of a stories in the 80s of someone, and I mean, and it's happened since the 80s too, but I'm, it was bigger in the 80s. It was more common. Where a fan, an overzealous fan of like a rock star or like Madonna or something, they would say, uh, you know, like Madonna, I'm going to go kill this person for you or even I'm going to kill myself for you. And they be such fans of these people that they would go and, and, and do crazy things like that. There were horror movies where people, crazy people, nutty people wanted to act out. Uh, the murders or the types of murders or in the same way that things happened on camera in film. This is no different. Slender Man, if you Google him, you'll see him. He's scary. He, I ain't, you gotta admit, he is scary looking. He has a large following. And sometimes when you have a large following, it'll get idiots to want to do crazy things. 15-year-old Morgan Gaser will plead guilty to first to attempted first-degree intentional homicide in the 2014 attack. Prosecutors and Gaser's attorneys agreed to the plea the, the plea last week but is being finalized during a court hearing Thursday in Waukesha County Court. The plea agreement calls for Geisha to be found not guilty by reason of insanity, of course, as part of the case's sentencing phase, meaning she will be committed to an, a mental hospital indefinitely. Geisha's co-defendant, Anissa Weir, pled guilty to a reduced charge last month and faces at least three years in a mental hospital. Um... What happened is, is just like Slender Man, in, the, in some stories of Slender Man, they would lead a kid out and she would lead a kid out into the woods, unknowingly for what, and then he would kill them. 
These girls led a 12-year-old out into the woods and attempted to murder that child, allegedly. Uh, Stabbing the child numerous times, the child did survive. And since they are minors, that is why they are getting such lenient sentences. If it were up to me, they would be stoned to death. Uh, the slender man stabbing occurred Saturday, May 31st in 2014 in the city of Waukesha in Waukesha County, Wisconsin, when two 12 year old girls allegedly lured another girl of the same age into the woods and stabbed her 19 times purportedly to impress slender man. After being stabbed, the gr- the victim crawled to a road and laid on a sidewalk where a cyclist call found her and called 911. She was rushed to the hospital, at which point she was one millimeter away from certain death, according to the criminal complaint. The victim recovered after being hospitalized for six days. Uh, Slender Man, the fictionally uh, created character, uh, does not or has not at least encourage people to go out and do the stabbing this is something that these girls came up with on their own and this these girls are not the only ones there's another case in florida where someone was stabbed uh, numerous times due to wanting to please the slender man both of the accused were 12 year olds at the time of the stabbing as was the victims all three was classmates were classmates enrolled in the same middle school and had been at a sleepover at one suspect's home the night before the alleged perpetrators had discovered the Slender Man on Creepypasta Wiki, a website that holds, hosts creepy, creepy pasta. The two girls at the time said they believed Slender Man was real and that they wanted to become his proxies or followers to prove their loyalty to him, prove his existence, and prevent him from harming their families. The two accused uh, believed that the only way they could become the Slender Man's proxies was to murder someone. After they carried out the killing, they believed they would become servants of the Slender Man and be allowed to live in his mansion, which they believed was in Nicolette National Forest. Two girls allegedly targeted a mutual friend. Reports indicate they indicated they initially planned to carry out the attack on May 31st at 2 a.m. when the victim would be sleeping over to celebrate the birthday of one of the other girls. They allegedly planned to duct tape the victim's mouth, stab her in the neck with a kitchen knife, and flee. They did not carry out the attack at the time, however, since one of the girls is believed to have delayed the attack until the next day. She claims she desired to give the victim one more day to live. Okay, so they're 12 years old. And uh, 12-year-olds sometimes don't have it all together. So maybe they shouldn't have been stoned to death. But what were their parents doing? What were their guardians doing? Crazy people out there. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Well, at the end of the day, uh, they will both be confined to a mental institution. This happened... uh, 
four years ago, the girls are now 15 and 16, 15 going on 16 now. And hopefully something like this won't happen again. But uh, yeah, those teens are nuts. Uh, in other news, the main reason, the main story, one of the top stories of today, Sterling Paramedic fired for racist comments on Facebook. A town paramedic has been fired after hearing into her alleged posting of racist remarks on her Facebook page. Meantime, her husband, a Charlton firefighter, has been ordered to take sensitivity training for related social media postings. Fire Chief David Hurlbut said Wednesday that paramedic Linda Kimball was fired after a closed-door hearing with the chief and town administrator, Ross Perry. Miss Kimball had been suspended from her job with the town earlier in the week after it was learned she made what were seen as racially inflammatory comments on Facebook criticizing members of the New England Patriots for kneeling during the national anthem before September 24th's game. She used the term porch monkeys. Yes, she did. She really did. She used the term porch monkeys. She did. Uh, Miss Kimball has also been fired from her job with Vital EMS, a private ambulance company in Worcester. Chief Herbert said the hearing was held to determine if there was cause to discipline Miss Kimball for her conduct. He said she was given an opportunity to be heard. He said no further comment would be made on the case other than to say that I wish to reiterate that members of the Sterling Fire Department do not share the views expressed by Miss Kimball in her post and will continue to serve all members of the public with the utmost respect and professionalism. Mrs. Kimball's Facebook page appears to have been removed. <laughs> yeah, you no, took your no, Facebook no, page no. down. You should have took it down before you got caught saying racist stuff, you fool. <laughs> Unbelievable. Her husband, Mark Kimball, a firefighter and medic with the Charlton Fire Department, also came under scrutiny for a statement he made on Facebook in defense of his wife. He defended this. After a review by Charlton Town Manager Robin Craver and Fire Chief Charles E. Cloudier Jr., Mr. Kimball was found to have violated the town's policy of employees not posting anything on social media that relate to their jobs. In this case, when he made his statement, he was wearing his firefighting helmet on his Facebook profile page. Mrs. Craver said Mr. Kimball is taking personal time off. When he returns, he will be expected to go through sensitivity training. She said the remarks he posted, although strongly worded, were not racist. Still, it has been made clear to him that his remarks and those of his wife's will not be tolerated by the town, she said. Uh, some of the comments to this story. Uh, sensitivity, sensitivity training is just a slap on the hand. When Mark made his statement, he was wearing his firefighting helmet in his Facebook profile picture. That's shameful. 
Is this sensitivity training held in a classroom setting or online? Another texter says, good. Another texter says, good. She is paying the, pi- paying the price for her stupidity. Good, like finding another job now that this whole situation is out on the world wide web. Another texter, just saw the update on the story. Too bad the husband wasn't fired from his job as well. Might have to write a letter or two to see if they'll reconsider. Just can't trust an awful person like that being in a position to make life or death choices. Who knows how many lives he's already put in jeopardy because of his hatred for minorities. Uh, Another texter says, uh, you have a great imagination. In response to the minorities thing. Um, So here's my take on it. Um, My take is a little, I would say it's a little uh, bit different. So here's the thing. It's the year 2017, people. When you refer to black people as porch monkeys on social media, there's a chance you're going to face some sort of disciplinary action especially if your job is being a public servant. Linda Kimball is just the latest of racists who's been outed due to them not being able to keep their racist opinions to themselves. I understand it's difficult uh, to mask who you truly are, but I thank you, Mrs. Kimball, for showing your true colors. If you were at my house in an emergency capacity, for me or my children or my wife, I want to know that your real opinion on them is that they're porch monkeys and therefore care won't be as important as if they were their white counterparts. I'm delighted. I'm enthused. I'm ecstatic that you just lost your job and I would be happy if you never got a job in the field of being a public servant ever again. Yes. But don't stress out. Don't get angry. Don't worry. There's other jobs that you can do, and I'd have no problem if you were doing these other jobs. Jobs such as a veterinarian or a zookeeper. Since you be so uh, since you seem to be so proficient in porch monkeys, Your field obviously should be with animals. How about a job as a crocodile hunter? Since the untimely loss of Steve Irwin, whom I respected and missed, uh, perhaps you should try to take a job as even one of the hosts of SeaWorld. You can swim with killer whales. How awesome would that be? Bang! I simply think you missed your calling since you're into animals. And when they don't do as you please, you can go on social media and call them all the kinds of pork monkeys that soothe your soul. The only bad part of this story for me is that your husband, Mark, did not get fired. His fool behind went on social media and defended you, calling black people porch monkeys. 
what you did, sir, in my part, they'd call that being a ride or die. Now, if you want to be a ride or die, your career should die with your wife's because you obviously feel the same way. You just didn't go out and blatantly say the same thing. And how bad would it have been for you if you shared the same fate as your wife? Steve Irwin always had his wife by his side, helping him out in the wild. I don't see why you don't help your wife out with the things that you're going to do in the world of wildlife. Either way, in my opinion, the firing couldn't happen to a better person than a racist who only wants to live and be able to say how she truly feels. Let's treat her how she truly feels. And we should all write a letter to that fire department uh, saying that we want him to lose his job as well because it couldn't happen to a better couple. Uh, the fairy tale ending would be them both going to live together and work in wildlife. That's my opinion. And that's all I have on that. And speaking of having an opinion on that, my final story for today George Zimmerman says his problems continue. I'm happy about it, too. I'm very happy about it, too. Uh, George Zimmerman told a Spanish language television that he is now homeless, battling post-traumatic stress disorder, more than $2 million in debt, and lives in fear for his life. Bang! Zimmerman opened up on the Univision tele television show, Aquí y Ahora, here and now, and will air on Sunday at the Spanish on the Spanish language station at 7 p.m. Zimmerman discussed his well-known struggle with 17-year-old Trayvon Martin, an African-American teen who was walking on Zimmerman's neighborhood. After he called the cops, the two got into a fight that ended in Trayvon Martin's death. Zimmerman says the teen attacked him and threatened to kill him. Well, Mr. Zimmerman, that night you decided to pull out a gun and shoot a teenager was the day you decided that your life wasn't going to be the same ever again. It wasn't the evil people of this country that decided to treat you like an outcast, nor was it the people who decided to show no class and sell the gun you decided to put on eBay as if to make money off of it, taking someone's life. You decided that, sir. And you now are the reason your life is in shambles. They say God don't like ugly. Well, you are the ugliest type of human being I can think of. I put you up there with the likes of Adolf Hitler, Lee Harvey Oswald, and the Las Vegas shooter Stephen Paddock. You're homeless and $2 million in debt. Applaud that. I couldn't think. I could not think of a nicer person for that to happen to. If we were able to ask Trayvon, I'm sure he'd trade places with you at this instant. But he doesn't have the privilege of being in debt. He doesn't have the privilege of being homeless. 
and he doesn't have the privilege of crying about how unfair life is because you took his life away. Imagine a man who took someone's life is now complaining about how tough life is. It's insane to me. There's nothing I'd rather see more than your life being as difficult as possible because the only thing that would be just is if someone took your life too soon due to nothing but you wearing the wrong clothes at the wrong time. Mr. George Zimmerman, I don't feel bad for you and I can only hope it gets worse. I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. This is your boy, uh, Truth It. I will see you guys tomorrow. Trooper Joe will be in the house. I'll holler.